Rewind is brought to you by Press Play to Continue and recorded in the great city and state of Austin, Texas, also known as the live music capital of the world. It is written, produced, and edited by me, Corey Latimer. Now, if you'd like to show your support by keeping Press Play to Continue weird, head on over to my Patreon at pressplaytocontinue slash patreon.com. I sincerely thank you for your time, your love, and your generosity of showing me. Let's me know I'm actually going down the right path in life. Thank you. Now, on to the show. At the height of the Cold War in 1984, Alexei Pajanov, a Soviet Russian software engineer, was formulating a plan to release a game based solely on geometric shapes and intertwining with the simple idea of a puzzle scheme. Built on simple rules and requiring intelligence and skill, Tetris has established itself as one of the greatest video games ever made. Since its creation, Tetris has sold over 202 million copies worldwide. Since its release, on the Electronica 60 in the USSR in 1984. The game is available on over 65 platforms worldwide, setting a Guinness Book World Record for the most ported titles in video game history. Tetris challenges the players to create complete lines by moving differently shaped pieces, also known as tetramones, which scrolls from the top to the bottom of the playing field. The completed lines disappear and grant the player points, and the player can proceed to fill the vacated spaces. The game ends when the playing field is filled to the point that additionally pieces can no longer descend to. The longer the player can delay the inevitable outcome, the higher the score will be. Did that make sense? <laughs> and it took a little bit for me to um, bring that into the equation, to the fold, um, for you to realize what Tetris is about. If you don't know what Tetris is about, my God, please uh, understand that. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't even really necessarily classify Tetris as a video game. I know it is, but I think it's more of a problem solving. Um, I don't know. Um, schematic, if you will. I don't even know if that's the right word, but. Let's say you were like three or four years old, even, you know, five or six. You know, you had, you had blocks or block sets as a kid. And um, he encapsulated that idea, Alexei Pashinov did, and put it on a TV screen. Um, and that's what we know as Tetris. And I think that's um, really, really um, ingenious in my mind, taking that idea and then shaping it into, like I said, I know it's a video game, obviously, but realizing that and then just embodied that whole idea and then, like I said, putting it into a TV screen and a controller in hand, that's uh, simply amazing. It really is. So, yeah, I mean, Tetris is rooted within popular culture and his notoriety extends beyond the sphere of video games. Imagery from the game, excuse me, has influenced architecture, music, and even cosplay. The game has also been the subject of various research studies that have been analyzed. Its theoretical complexity 
and have shown its effect on the human brain following a session. In particular, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, um, and I, I, I actually didn't even realize this was actually a thing uh, up until, you know, once again, doing my research on this particular topic. But it's known as the, the Tetris effect now. So this Tetris effect, also known as the Tetris syndrome, if you will, occurs when people devote so much time and attention to an activity that it actually begins to pattern their thoughts, mental images, and even dreams. Uh, it obviously takes the same name from the actual video game. People who have played Tetris for a prolonged period of time find themselves thinking about ways different shapes in the real world can fit together. So, for instance, such as a box, or boxes rather, on a supermarket shelf, or the buildings on a street. Um, you know, according to the research from Dr. Richard Eyre, uh, prolonged Tetris activity can also lead to more efficient brain activity during play. When first playing Tetris, brain functions and activity increases, along with greater cerebral energy consumption measured by um, not only that, but also as well as glucose metabolic rates. Um, that's what it was stating online. So I had to share that information because I found it fascinating. And, you know, as Tetris players become more proficient, their brains show a reduced consumption of glucose, indicating more efficient brain activity for the task. Moderate play of Tetris, you know, like half an hour a day or, you know, even up to an hour a day for about three months boosts general cognitive functions such as critical thinking, reasoning, language, and processing, and increases cerebral cortex thickness. Um, that's obviously all up in the, I guess, the front portion of your brain. I'm no brain surgeon or I'm not a doctor, but that is what I'm going to go with. <laughs> um, yeah, and a, a more comprehensive understanding of the lingering of the effects of the video game you know, has been investigated empirically as game transfer phenomena, or the GDP. Uh, if you will. Pajanov, delighted by his game, presented Tetris to his colleagues who quickly became addicted to it almost immediately. Um, I was actually reading too online that he shared this with his, you know, his immediate group of friends or, or you know, whatever, and they just almost stopped working entirely uh, solely based on this video game. And uh, I have been in that predicament, mainly in high school. <laughs> I can understand why my, uh, uh, especially my mom, why she would get angry with me sometimes because I'd be playing. Uh, I can remember, actually this would be my dad, but I can remember one night I was playing like Zelda or something on uh, the Nintendo Wii. I think it was like Twilight Princess or something. And so like on the controller itself, I know I don't want to get too much on a side topic right here or on a tangent, but it was just funny uh, that the controller that has like a speaker uh, output on it where you can actually hear, I guess, Link, um, you know, talking or whatever. So that was kind of getting louder. I didn't know how to turn down the noise on the controller itself. I didn't even realize um, there was a speaker at the time because I think I just got it. But my dad overheard, I guess, it like at three in the morning and he like <laughs> opened the doors like shouldn't you be in bed <laughs> I was like yeah I know he's like well just 
just go to bed. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, I thought that was uh, quite odd. But, yeah, I need to – I think I've calmed down a lot since uh, playing video games. It's just kind of my uh, way to calm down after, you know, getting done with work with my real job. So, but, yeah, I mean, patching off is just a, just a major component uh, to video game history. And I also created the sequel – uh, called Weltris, never played it, uh, which was the same principle, but in a three-dimensional plane uh, environment where the player sees the playing area from above. It sounds intriguing, actually, and I'm, I'm hoping to maybe, maybe track down this game, uh, the sequel to Tetris, and maybe give it a go, because I do enjoy Tetris. Uh, I always have. I don't think a whole lot of people have, uh, actually realize it about me, but Tetris is a great way to just kind of let, you know, let loose. And uh, I like I like puzzles. I like problem solving. Um, so maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm so attached to this game. But yeah, it's called Weltris. Um, ne- like I said, never heard of it, but I'm, I'm hoping to maybe track it down eventually to where I can, uh, you know, get some, get some playing. Maybe, you know, I, I even thought about, I've been, I've been extremely, extremely slacking on this notion of, uh, putting up let's plays here as of late within at least the past couple of months. I'm sure y'all have noticed, or maybe you haven't noticed, uh, either way. Um, it, I do have like, a just a, just a quick, uh, throwaway line for you, but I do have a YouTube channel as well. Um, like I said, those are, mainly solely based on Let's Plays of video games I've played. I think I've uploaded maybe three or four. Um, I need to definitely get back into that. But I've been trying to, like I said, I've been trying to, in past episodes on Press Play, but I've been trying to be as consistent as possible. And um, that can be tough. Um, Still, obviously, today I'm once again uploading on a Wednesday as opposed to my regular days of Tuesdays. So I appreciate your cooperation with that and patience. And um, I'm just happy that I'm still able to record an episode for you guys because this is, in fact, episode 26 of Press Play to Continue Rewind. Um, but kind of finishing up here because um, I want to, kind of going back to the idea of doing a Let's Play, I also want to upload a Let's Play of me just playing because I think here just recently they... Uh, they released a, a, a version, I think it's called Tetris Effect, I want to say, within the past couple of years. And apparently it's supposed to be like an amazing game with an like amazing soundtrack. That's another thing that really pulls me into like video games in particular is the, the, the actual soundtrack. And I think that I mentioned that on my Mega Man 3 episode. Um, but yeah, soundtracks are, are a huge, huge factor for me in video games. If I can understand, like, why people, like, you know, the gameplay, the story, the graphics elements, you know, all that. It's just fine and good. And I do, I'm not going to say I don't like it, but it's it's that music. If you have really amazing music, I'll, I'll play your game. Even if the game is crap, I will still play your game if it's, like, got some banging music to it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just music is always with me. And plus... Uh, my family has a music background, so I guess that's probably, it just runs through my blood. So, uh, can't really help it. Um, but yeah, just, um, 
just to kind of finish off here, because like I said, I want to try to upload a Let's Play as well of, uh, like I said, uh, the game Tetris Effect, if I can find it. I think it's on the PlayStation 4. Um, and there's also another iteration of Tetris as well called Tetris 99 on the uh, Super Nintendo Switch um, as well. I don't know why I called it the Super Nintendo Switch, because um, it's just the Nintendo Switch. But anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Weltris, never played it, like I said. Um, but Tetris was, in fact, licensed and managed by the Soviet company called Elorg. E-L-O-R-G. <laughs> I don't know the acronym for it. I don't know what it actually stands for. For the longest time, like I said, it, um, at the height of 1984, that was the whole idea of it, you know, Soviet Russia at the time, where... Um, there wasn't a whole, you, you don't, that's another thing too. You don't really wrap your mind around the idea of Russia being such a force within the video game industry. And it wasn't, it actually was not up until this point, until Mr. Pashinov actually was able to create such a successful video game. So it actually had a monopoly. Like I said, the company, Soviet company called Elorg had, a monopoly on the import and export of the computer hardware and software in the Soviet Union at the time, and advertised with the slogan, From Russia with Love. Have you ever heard of that title? Well, if you haven't, it's a James Bond title, uh, one of many spinoff James Bond. There's so many, I think, I don't even know how many James Bond movies there are. I'm not a huge, I love James Bond, I'm not a huge fan of them, but I think that, uh, one particular title from Russia with Love, I think uh, Sean Connery was the... Don't hold me to that, but I think that is correct. Because I've only seen like a handful of James Bond flicks. Mainly the, the most recent ones with Daniel Craig in it. But I like the uh, ones with Pierce Bronson. Uh, especially Goldeneye. I think that's like, the, uh, like a major fan favorite. And I just actually just bought Casino Royale. Uh, watched it way back in the day. Just kind of forgot about it. I might even watch that tonight. There's a lot of... A lot of list uh, that I need to go and check off here. But anyways, to wrap things up, uh, yeah, from Russia with Love on the NES or the Nintendo Entertainment System, or it was actually known as From Russia with Fun um, because it was he was actually employed from the Soviet government. Pashinov did not receive any any royalties from this for the longest time, which is incredible to me. Uh, especially like trying to develop and just bring something to fruition, bring it to life and not seeing any type of return this time. I'd be, I'd be pissed. I'd be absolutely pissed. Uh, but in 1991, Pachinov decided to take his talents to the United States in particular, uh, in, um, Seattle and later in 1996 found the, the Tetris company with Hank Rogers, which finally allowed him, finally, in 1996, allowed him to collect the much-needed royalties from this game. So it took him almost uh, 12 years just to kind of get any type of uh, money flow coming his way. That's, man, uh, I might be weighing over my head on this whole press play to continue idea as far as a podcast is concerned, trying to trying to have any inclination of making any type of 
paycheck off of this podcast. <laughs> so I might have to wait 12 years before I see a dime. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so we actually, another thing too, what, what's so cool about Alexei Pashinov is the fact that he also developed other video games within the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. One, uh, most notably, uh, called Yoshi's Cookie and designed the game Pandora's Box for Microsoft. I don't know if you've ever heard of that game, but apparently it's a, a great... I haven't. <laughs> I have not heard of Pandora's Box um, or, or never actually played the game. I played Yoshi's Cookie, um, which, like I said, was uh, just stated on the Super Nintendo. But yeah, that's, that was cool that he could, you know, go outside of his particular IP that he made and uh, he was able to be within the industry still. Um, it, but yeah, Pandora, Pandora's box, kind of going back to that, it actually incorporates more traditional Jigsaw-style puzzles. So the Tetris company now owns all the rights to the Tetris brand and is mainly responsible for removing illegal clones from the market. The company regularly, regularly excuse me, calls on Apple or Google to remove illegal versions of Tetris on their mobile app stores. So to conclude, kind of going back uh, to the whole music end of things, to conclude with Mr. Pajanov and Genius Addicting Game, we find ourselves in the actual music department, which was actually non-existent in the early ports of the game. Um, so it was just nothing. <laughs> uh, white noise, maybe at best, but even white noise had, you know, uh, you know, some type of noise. So I don't even know. I guess it was just nothing, and I can't even really fathom that fact. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I grew up, I guess, in the generation. Obviously, I was born in '87, but, and I'm very fortunate that I was able to grow up in such a such a time um, and see the whole evolution of video games. And that's a, that's actually wow. I just now thought of an amazing topic for maybe not the next episode, but maybe further future episodes. But the evolution of video games. I think that would be that would be amazing. So I might have to bring that to your attention eventually. So, um, yeah. So, like I said, which was actually non-existent within the early ports of Tetris. Uh, it wasn't until Tetris finally got ported to the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was actually the composition by Hirokazu uh, Tanaka along with the uh, arrangement of Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy from the second act of the Nutcracker, created by the great Russian composer Tchaikovsky. Ch- uh, yeah, it's pretty well known. Um, and I'm, I'm probably have to throw it in here so y'all can actually listen to it as well while I'm uh, discussing this particular topic. Nintendo's actually Game Boy versions included three pieces of music as well. Um, here's another one. I don't know. I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it my best shot, but it's called Koro... Koro Bikini uh, is used in most later versions of the game and has appeared in other games, albums, and films that make references to Tetris. So there's, you know, an in-depth look into one of the most well-known titles in gaming history. I certainly appreciate y'all for being so benevolent, you know, and taking some time out of your day to tune in and hopefully... I will see you next week for another iteration of Rewind. And um, always, always, you know at this point, be kind and rewind.
Thank you. Rewind. As a product of Press Play to continue, the show is produced by me, Corey Latimer. You can find me on Instagram at Corey with an E-Y and my Snapchat, C-O-R-E underscore L-A-T-I-028. As you know, all things Press Play to Continue are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash pressplay to continue. I'm internally grateful for your time, your love, and your support. Thank you. Thank you.